So today, I want to get into the word real quick, and I thought fitting for Youth Sunday that we talk about um, something very serious, and that is the behemoth. The behemoth. What does that have to do with Youth Sunday? What is that? That's weird. Well, next service, you might want to stay for next service because we're going to have different performances next service because we've got so many. We have to split them up between the services. But next service, uh, one of our students, Caleb, he's going to be doing a dramatized quoting of the scripture in Job where Job, uh, God is speaking to Job about the Leviathan. And so I figured, okay, Caleb's got the Leviathan. I might as well cover the behemoth in Job as well. You know, we'll cover both sides of this. So he'll get that in second service. And if you want more context, stay for second service. You'll get amazing performances. You'll be blessed again. I don't know about parking and seating. Don't worry about it. Jesus got it, all right? So, but we're going to jump right into the scripture of the behemoth. This is God speaking to Job uh, at the end of Job's story. So let's jump into the scripture, Job chapter 40, 15 to 24. It says, look at behemoth, which I made along with you, and which feeds on grass like an ox. What strength it has in its loins, what power in the muscles of its belly. Its tail swings like a cedar. The sinews of his thighs are close-knit. Its bones are tubes of bronze, its limbs like rods of iron. It ranks first among the works of God, yet its maker can approach it with his sword. The hills bring it their produce, and all the wild animals playing nearby. Under the lotus plant it lies, hidden among the reeds in the marsh. The, the lotuses conceal it in their shadow. The poplars by the stream surround it. A raging river does not alarm it. It is secure, though the Jordan, the Jordan should surge against its mouth. Can anyone capture it by the eyes or trap it and pierce it in its nose? So, Father God, we thank you for your word, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, that you would give me the ability to preach your word and you'll give your people ears to hear and eyes to see what you are doing, oh God. We love you and we thank you for who you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. So the behemoth. We've read about it and you probably are nowhere closer to figure out what the behemoth is. So let's address the elephant or the hippopotamus or whatever it is in the room and let's talk about what the behemoth is. All right. So more rational thinkers, more scientific or rational people will look at it and say it's a hippopotamus, it's an elephant, it's some kind of large animal. It's, it's some kind of large semi-aquatic animal because we see that it's both on land and it's also in the water. Um, it eats grass. It has a big belly. Um, it has large legs. It, uh, it stalks prey from the water. It dwells in the river, um, namely the Jordan River as we see in the scripture. The descriptions are close to some modern-day animals, but in my personal opinion, I don't think these really capture what Jesus is trying to say. If you just think about a, a cute little hippo, I mean, it's not little, but a cute hippopotamus or a friendly elephant eating his peanuts or whatever. This, to me, is something far more fantastic than just something like that. Because if it was just a hippo or an elephant, I don't think God would make such a point about it. But I believe it's something a little bit more fantastic, something a little bit more out of the ordinary 
Yeah. For me, the hippo doesn't really satisfy. One, hippos don't live in the Jordan. They only live in Central and Southern Africa. So I don't know how a hippo could get to the Jordan. So that would be an interesting uh, story as well. Um, and Job lived in the country of Ur where there weren't any hippopotamuses as well or uh, elephants. So it's a little hard to understand what exactly this creature is. But by its description, we can get an idea of who he is. He's this fantastic being. There's no modern-day equivalent based on these descriptions. It has bones of bronze and limb like iron. I mean, that's a strong, like kind of like myself, you know. I, I don't want to rip this shirt, so I won't flex. But, you know, he's strong. He's got these bones of, of bronze and these arms of iron. He's, he's strong. He's the strongest of all creation. It says he's, he's the first of God's creation. He is the, the, the mightiest of all of God's creation. Nothing can stand against it. It's the greatest of all the beasts and all the animals on the land. The mountains serve him, and it says that he can swallow the Jordan, that although the Jordan surges in his mouth, it doesn't bother him. I mean, he can stand in the Jordan. He can, he's, he can do anything. There's nothing that can inhibit this beast, the behemoth. He's untamable. He asks, who can tame him? Who, who can catch it by the eyes or by the nose? Who, who can catch this beast? No one. To me, this is something more intimidating than an elephant or a, a hippo. Something that God is, God is making a point here that it is powerful. That it's big. That it's strong. That, that it can overcome all things and nothing can overcome it. There is no rival to this beast within creation. There is nothing that is, is, is close to it. It is the first of God. God's creation, the mightiest, the most powerful. Regardless of how you interpret this passage, whether it's a hippopotamus or an elephant or some mythical beast, we can all agree on this point. Job 40, 24, God asks, can anyone capture him when he is on watch with barbs? Can anyone pierce his nose? The answer is no. Nobody can. Nobody can catch him. No one can pierce him. No one can defeat him. No one can take him down. He's an undefeated beast in creation. You can't beat him. No human can. This is a powerful, fearsome being. He's massive. He's, he's like metal, it says. That nothing could defeat him. He has no rival. And why does this matter? Well, the behemoth represents things within the world that we cannot overcome or even begin to imagine confronting. Things that have no rival, no equal, nothing that man can overcome on their own. We may experience these things in our own lives. These things that we can't defeat. No matter how wise, no matter how strong, no matter how experienced, no matter how much Bible you read or how much time you pray, how many Sundays you come, or for the youth, how many Fridays you come, there are things in this life that we will face that we cannot defeat on our own. This is the reality of life. We may experience these behemoths in our own lives. It may come in the form of addiction. It may come in the form of trauma or, or, or a hard experience. It may be strongholds that have built up in your life that you can't seem to break on your own. Things that the enemy's done that you can't get over. Things that, that have hurt you that you just can't forgive. Things that you're wound up in that no matter how much you get the will to get over it, you just can't get over it. These are the behemoths that God is talking about. Things that we cannot defeat by our own human strength. 
They are unbeatable challenge. Uh, they they are an unbeatable challenge when we face them on our own. They are the most powerful struggle that we will face in our lives. This is the behemoth, big, unrivaled, undefeated, strong, the first of God's creation. So it might be good to know where are these behemoths? Where can we look out for them? Where are they in modern day culture? Where do we see them? Well, we read in the scripture, it says in Job's 40.20 that they are in the mountains and the fields. They go to the mountains and the mountains they feed them. And they're in the fields where all the rest of the animals are at play. This is interesting. This is talking that there are malevolent things in this world, evil things, behemoths that seem innocent. They seem like it's just a part of everyday life. That the rest of the wild animals just play around them. They get their food. They go to the mountains. They're in the fields around everything else, but they don't, it's not a bother. We don't have to worry about it. Why make a big deal of it? It's just, it's just getting its food. It's just in the field. Don't worry about it. We don't need to pay attention to it. Who cares what's taught in public schools? I mean, they, they've got to figure it out. They're the professionals. They're the teachers. They'll work it out. They, they've, they've got it. I mean, so what if there's more sexuality in this culture? I mean, sex is good, right? I mean, sex is fun. Like, like who cares? It's just, it's just in the movies. It's entertaining. It's funny. It's, it's, it don't, don't, you're being prude. You're being too much. You're, you're being, just don't, don't bother with it. it it's innocent. Don't worry about it. Sure, porn isn't great, but it's not hurting anyone. I mean, like, it, it's just a, a reality of today's culture, you know? It's just a reality for every young man to struggle with. Why, 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 why put chains and bondage on person? Why, why make it harder for them? They're already going through enough. Why tell them all this? Why bother them with this? There are things in this world that we say, you know what, it's just, who cares? That we, don't bother with it, you know? Kids got enough to worry about. Let's not put this on them, too. No. These are things that seem innocent, but are actually strongholds. They're, they're things in our lives that cannot be defeated. And the more you allow these things to persist in your life, in the lives of your children, the harder it will be to face them. And the reality is, is they'll, they'll never be able to overcome them on their own. This is the reality. You may say, you know, okay, Great, I'm with that. Where else is the behemoth? Well, it says that he's stalking in the water. Job 40 to 21 to 23 tells us about this, how he's hidden, how he's watching from, from the lilies and, and from the trees. He's watching, he's stalking. What is, what is this about? Well, there's more of an insidious part of this. A, a, more, uh, a more subverting thing here uh, that is subverting the created order. It says that he's able to, to swallow up the Jordan, that though the Jordan rages, it doesn't bother him. That though the river's going, he's in control. He can do what he wants, and he can do it no matter what stands against him or what forces come against him. What this is, it's, it's, there's, it's that we recognize that there's real problems in this world. But what the behemoth does is it offers a bad solution. A bad answer. It takes a real problem, it takes a truth, and then tries to answer it with a lie. So let me give you some examples. The mental health epidemic. The reality is that we are more mentally ill today than we've been ever, especially teenagers, especially young people. The struggles with depression, 
anxiety, even more serious things like autism and stuff like this. It's rampant in our culture and in our society. This is a reality. But what does the world offer? Well, maybe if you're uncomfortable and you're unhappy, maybe you should change your gender. Maybe you should, you know, you're not unhappy as a boy, so try being a girl. You're unhappy as a girl, try being a boy. Well, maybe you should start dating boys if you're a boy. Maybe you should start dating girls if you're a girl. Maybe that's why you're so unhappy. That's why you're anxious. Maybe that's why you're depressed. Maybe that's why you're uncomfortable in your own skin. You need to get out of it. You need to get out of the norms and, and try something different. A real problem, bad solution. All right? What's another example? Christians are imperfect people. I mean, how many perfect people we got in the house? Nobody. I'm not perfect. We're imperfect. And maybe sometimes people get offended. Maybe sometimes we say something wrong. Maybe we slip up. Maybe we, we, you know, we're human. We're imperfect. This is a reality. The people within the church are imperfect. And that's not a, a problem for the church because that's always been the church. You know, the church is like a hospital that takes in sick and broken people. That's its mission. That's its goal. And sometimes people look at that and see that as a problem and they offer a bad solution. They say because the church is full of imperfect people, then Christianity must be an imperfect religion. Its people must be bigots. Its people must be short-sighted and, and, and non-inclusive and, 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 and wrong-minded in this culture. They look at the imperfection within Christians and then put that on Christ. But that's not the reality. It's a real problem with a bad solution. What else? People have attractions to the same sex. The reality is, is that people have impure sexual desires. And that includes homosexuality. That includes whatever the LGBTQ, whatever all that is. The reality is that people do struggle with those things. And, and we as a church have a response. But how does the world respond? Well, it must be a good and acceptable lifestyle. You know, if they have these desires, then they, they must have to act on them. I mean, why else would we have these desires? Why else would we have these inclinations? Real problem, bad solution. The reality is, is that the behemoth is stalking. It's looking for those problems. It's looking for those things where someone might have a little bit of doubt or maybe questioning, and then it pounces and gives a bad solution. And all of us, not just teenagers, all of us, wind up in situations where we cannot overcome on our own. We get wound up in bondage and strongholds that we cannot defeat. And sooner or later, there will, a behemoth that, there will be a behemoth that rises up in our life that we cannot defeat on our own. Another interesting point, Job 40 verse 16 says that it has strength in his loins and power in his belly. The loins, without being too crash, is a reproductive organ. And what it's saying is that these behemoths reproduce like crazy. They multiply. They grow. They, 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 they multiply and transform in different ways. These, grow, these beasts grow and reproduce at rapid rates. These ideologies, these strongholds, these bad answers to real problems run rampant within our worldly culture. This is the reality. The reality is, is that one in four teenagers identify with the LGBTQ plus community. They run rampant. Our culture is filled with it. And then it says that it has strength in its belly. This is representing food and gluttony and satisfaction, sensual pleasure. 
These ideologies are sensually powerful. They feel good for a season. You know, you give a teenage girl who's, who's struggling with her body image and you shoot her full of hormones, she's getting a little bit of an endorphin rush. That's just biology. But in the end, it's going to rob her of her future and her freedom. It's going to rob her of the plan that God's given her. It feels good for a season. There's power in the belly. It's satisfying. It feels like you're getting sustenance. But in the end, it does not satisfy, and satisfy you. And in the end, the behemoth consumes you rather than you consuming it. So, a very happy message. I know what hope do we have? What hope do we have against these giants? Job 40.19 says it ranks first among the worst of God, yet its maker can approach it with his sword. His maker can approach it with his sword. Only the creator can save us from such things. Only Jesus and his sword, his word, his very teaching, the word that spoke the world into creation can speak into your life, into the lives of your teenagers and free them from these bondages. Only when we humble ourselves before God do we find the ability to overcome the behemoth. This is the whole point of the story of Job when God is confronting Job in this situation. He's teaching Job a lesson. Job was confused why all these bad things were happening to him, why these behemoths had come up in his life. And God said, don't you know that I'm the one who created it? Don't you know I'm the one who can defeat it? Why do you have no faith in me? Why do you doubt me? Because I am the creator of the world. I speak and things manifest. I work and things happen. Nothing can defeat our God. This was the whole point of Job, God confronting Job. Job could not overcome the behemoth or the Leviathan or anything else in creation. Only the, the creator God can. And even though it may seem uh, not fair for Job to experience these things... The reality is, is that these evils and these experiences come to all of us. We all face these behemoths and these giants, no matter how righteous or unrighteous we are. Jesus says that the Father sends the rain on the just and the unjust. We all will face these struggles. And even though it didn't seem fair, God was still in control. God was still on his throne. God was still the all-powerful, sovereign God. He is still Jehovah Nisi, the God, our banner in victory. He is still Jehovah Jireh, the God, our provider. He is still Jehovah Rapha, our healer and our sustainer. He is still El Shaddai, the Lord Almighty. And no thing in creation, no man, no enemy, no Leviathan or behemoth will take him from his spot as the Lord Almighty. He is always in control. However... These are not names that we can just invoke by saying the right prayers or doing the right things. The reality is that he's sovereign, and he will do as he pleases in his timing, but he has not forgotten you, just like he did not forget Job. He will work on your behalf. This is why God allowed Job to be humbled, so that he may know that no matter how much evil he comes up against, God is still in control. Job learned this the hard way, but at least he learned. His wife didn't learn his friends didn't learn, but Job did learn. And he had to go through these struggles to learn. At this, at some point, we all have to learn this. We have to learn that when we humble ourselves before God, he works on our behalf. When we humble ourselves before God, the behemoths of life will come, but God is bigger and he can defeat it no matter what. Only God can overcome the behemoth.
I'm going to invite the keys to come and play behind me. Something real spiritual. Not only will we adults face such behemoths, such temptations, such strongholds and bondages and addictions, but so will our kids, our teenagers, our little ones. No one is exempt from the challenges of life. This is a reality. And I don't doubt you will do whatever you need to protect your child. I know many of you parents, you guys are some real mama bears and some real amazing dads. But the reality is that the challenges of life come to everybody, even kids, especially in this generation. The enemy is on the prowl like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, and that's no exception today. We want to protect our kids, but we're limited humans. We could never stop the behemoths of life from affecting our children. It's reality. Many are experiencing it right now in our schools, on social media, among their peers, everywhere in the world. Things are rising up against our youth, our teenagers. And the enemy is a lion seeking whom he may devour. No parent, no matter how amazing you are, your kids are going to face some behemoths. It's a hard truth. And that's not your fault. It's not your fault. That's the reality of life. You yourself have gone through your, through your own trials and your own tribulations. Your kid will have their own struggles. They'll have their own faith they've got to work out. They too have to work out their salvation with fear and trembling. This is why you need your son and daughter to be a part of a church, to be a part of a youth ministry, to be involved in fine arts, to be involved in worship, to be doing everything they can to come against the enemy in their life. In youth, we discuss these hard topics. We talk about pornography, transgenderism, homosexuality, sexuality in general, ideologies of this world, all the philosophies that the enemy in the world would rise up against Christ. We tackle this in youth ministry. We offer discipleship and training. We offer small groups and the ability for our youth to be part of a community more than just what they're experiencing on a Sunday morning. Church. When the behemoths come against our youth and our teenagers, we want them to be the best equipped to face it. And we want them to remember that there is a sovereign God who is fighting on their behalf. We want to put them in the best position to fight. And that's with Jesus by their side. Amen? Amen. Lord God, I thank you for this church, oh God. I thank you that the Mission Church takes teenagers serious. It takes the faith of young people serious, oh God. I pray, Lord God, as the behemoths rise, oh God, and as the enemy, like a lion, is seeking whom he may devour, that you will show yourself mighty, oh God, and overcome the enemy in this generation, oh God. That the enemy would scatter in Jesus' name. That there would be no stronghold that could overcome the Holy Spirit within our young people. That there would be no devil, Lord God, that could overcome the power of Jesus and the work that he has done in the lives of our teenagers. We pray, Holy 
Holy Spirit, have your will done in this church and in our youth ministry, oh God. I pray that you will build up mighty men and women of God who will be warriors of valor in your army doing your work, oh God, using their gifts, their talents, their abilities, their lives, and say, not my will, but your will be done. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, oh God. I thank you, oh God. Strengthen the teenagers, oh God. Raise up this generation. Raise the standard, oh God. We will not be satisfied with mediocrity, oh God. We will not be satisfied with yesterday's wineskin. We will not be satisfied with yesterday's manna, oh God. We want a fresh outpouring, oh God. Lord God, we want revival in the hearts of teenagers, oh God. We want the Holy Spirit to capture the lives of the young people in the mission church, oh God. Use us for your will. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you, church.